It's so good to be back together again, isn't it? And the Lord, after summer travels and different things we've done throughout the summer and being about uh, not always being here together. So good to be together, isn't it? I just, um, Catherine, I just love you so much. We just love you all. We're just so moved by the way you all give so much and join hands on so many kingdom endeavors that God calls us to. It's really special to be together with you all who serve and lead and give and so much. But it's, it's especially just so sweet to be together in the Lord, isn't it? Oh, so good to have that extended worship and just to have time, to have time to let things begin to open up a little bit in our hearts and in our minds. We need that. We need holy time. And that's just true all the time. That's true for resurrection right now, though. We just need holy time. We need Sabbath time. And I made a little promise to myself that I wouldn't do too much about that because I'm doing that on Sunday, and I'm going to teach on that extensively on the Sabbath and uh, Leviticus 25, verses 1 to 7, if you want to look at it ahead of time on the teachings of the Sabbath. But I want to say a little bit tonight about as we move into this next year, how this next year for us is a time in which we want to be preparing ourselves for the work of the Lord, but preparing ourselves especially by spending time with the Lord. And you've got an outline there um, in your bulletin. It's even possible that I might follow that. You never know. The Holy Spirit could come and it could happen. <laughs> um, I, I want to reflect just a little bit on that great Advent verse. Uh, you all know our, our, our Advent icon in so many ways is John the Baptist, of course, Mary, and some, in some years, Joseph in the lectionary as well. But John the Baptist usually gets two Sundays. Preacher's challenge, by the way. I get to say two different things about John the Baptist. Um, and we kind of feel like this year, as we've been praying about it as a staff team, um, met with the leaders, some leaders in May, uh, been meeting with the vestry um, in June, just that there's a, a sense of God calling us into almost a kind of Advent year, a year of preparation. Advent has to do with the coming of the Lord and preparing our hearts for the, for the immediacy and the reality of Jesus Christ. That's Advent, which we walk through for four weeks in December. But if you will, we kind of want to extend that concept, that liturgical season that we've lived together, and to think about how is it that we have a kind of Advent year, an Advent season that extends in preparing our hearts for what the Lord has for the future for resurrection and being ready for what he has. In the same way that in Advent you quiet yourself and you're intentional about your times with the Lord and you know there's something beautiful and wonderful, the glory of the feast of the incarnation, Christmas is coming, you, you prepare with anticipation, you prepare prayerfully, you prepare with repentance, you prepare by being close to Jesus. So we want to say, hey, let's take a year to prepare in that way. We've had an incredible two years of resurrection. It's, there are two years to be celebrated. There have just been um, incredible things that have happened. We've mentioned them here and there on Sunday mornings, but to put them all together of what's happened the last two years sort of brings it to a fruition. New building. We are now a year and a half. We will celebrate our second year anniversary here in, in Advent, uh, here in this building. So in the last two years, God has given us a new building, not a small uh, reason to give thanks. New diocese, new bishop, new bishop's church, 
We've planted a church in Chicago that is flourishing within even 10 months of being planted. is now running about 120, 130 on a Sunday there in the uptown neighborhood of Chicago, doing just really well with many of our res folks uh, contributing to that work that are living in Chicago now under Father Aaron and Laura Damiani. We've helped restart a church in Cambodia where we sent Father Gregory and Heidi Whitaker, where for the very first time ever, they had a Holy Week week. Um, and just saw the presence of the Lord and the expansion of the Lord. We've just sent out Father Keith Hartzell and Dawn to strengthen an already existing uh, work there in the city as well as part of our diocese. So three significant sending out of leaders and of resources in the last two years. We've actually hosted five conferences here. Some of you haven't felt that or been aware of that necessarily because that hasn't been a Sunday morning reality. But if you serve on a hospitality team or a a Sunday service team or um, other logistic teams, sound team, anything involved at all putting on a conference, you have had some sense of the incredible commitment that was. In retrospect, uh, probably five in our first 16 months was a little much. The problem is, see, you guys are all so intense. I'm always trying to get you to calm down. I'm like, uh, let's just do less here at Resurrection. No, 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 so we want to do more. I'm like, I let, let's just do less at Resurrection. But you all will never let it happen. You're the intense church with a very laid-back pastor. Ah, you wear me out, you know. Yeah, five conferences, uh, all in 16 months. So we, we had a full two years and a lot to celebrate But very honestly, a lot that has brought a level of fatigue to our teams. Some of our teams have really felt it. Individual leaders, staff, vestry. It's been a lot. Highly productive. Very thankful. But the fact of the matter is we're all feeling it some. Well, we were in the process uh, this spring of beginning to say, okay... How is it that we consider a, another generosity initiative? This would be our third generosity initiative. Some churches call them capital campaigns. We like to focus on the biblical understanding of generosity. So we were praying as a leadership team and a generosity team had actually been established. We were praying about what it looked like for Resurrection to do a third generosity initiative. We did our first around the Wagner land. We did our second to get into the building here. And already our children's ministry is pushing out the walls and our youth ministry is needing far more space. And there's all kinds of incredible mission endeavors that are coming that would be so much fun to invest in. There's already things that we're beginning to develop. And so the teams have begun meeting in January and saying, what would it look like to do a third generosity initiative in the fall? I'll never forget a conversation I had with a large church pastor, not a part of this community, and another community, and I had reached out to him to get a little coaching on uh, generosity initiatives because he'd run several, and he said, you know, Stuart, once you're into the pattern, it's every two years. That's just how it goes. Wow, really? And here we were uh, in our pattern, moving that direction, with a lot of good reasons and a lot of good momentum. And we got to the point where we were actually working on a theme. As some of you may remember, Reach was our theme for our second generosity initiative. And we focused on that. So we're trying to find out what theme would the Holy Spirit have for us and how would we go about that. And the generosity team had worked on several ideas and had brought it to the staff and to the vestry. And I was actually in a vestry meeting. And we were kind of kicking around, what about the theme? And we'd written some stuff on the, the whiteboard. And I, I just had one of those moments where I, I'm listening to our vestry who are just key Fathers and mothers in this parish, they love the Lord, they love Rez. But it was just something lacking in our conversation. 
And the theme that we're talking about is actually very good. It wasn't that. It was in April. And I just had a sense from the Holy Spirit. It just like the voice of the Lord was saying to me, you just need to kind of throw a flag on this vestry play and slow down everything for a second and just find out. Do you guys think we're ready for a third generosity initiative? Because one thing we've said at Resurrection for years is nothing's urgent until we say it's urgent in the Lord. We don't have to be driven by any particular construct of how you run generosity initiatives or experiences other churches have had. We want to learn wisdom from them. But are you guys in for this? I mean, would you get excited about this? Would this be something that you would feel called to? And I actually asked every vestry person, everyone, so I kind of do a go around. I said, I want to hear from everybody. And it was one of the most, for me, sort of moments in the Holy Spirit. And yes, moments in the Holy Spirit do happen in vestry meetings. Isn't that good to know? Um, you know? <laughs> it was just this visitation of the Holy Spirit as everyone shared their hearts. And it wasn't a uniform, everyone saying one thing, different perspectives. Uh, some said, we think we're ready. We think the church is ready. We're ready. But there were enough leaders that said, wow, we actually really believed you're asking us. We don't know, Stuart. We're not sure Rez is ready to jump into this again. You know, folks are tired. Not just giving tired, although that, that may be part of it for some of us who have given. Many of us are ready to give again. It's a mixture in the church. But folks are tired and we've been going really hard. And that was kind of the first time that I really heard that. We've been going really hard. And when I heard that, something in me clicked. And I went, huh, that's really true. We need to listen to this. So we took that to the staff team and shared that with the staff team and took it to the gen team, the generosity team, and shared that with them. And what began to develop was this idea that maybe, even though for all practical purposes, it would make the most sense to do a generosity initiative this year. And by the way, we built budget 2014, depending on December giving, it would be a first fruits month of giving that happens right on the heels of your public phase of a generosity initiative, that even though there were very good reasons to run one, that maybe the Holy Spirit was saying, wait. Maybe he was actually saying, hold, pause. There's something else I want to do at resurrection. So it was a little bit like stopping a 70 mile per hour train. There was some smoke coming off the wheels. You could smell a little bit of burning rubber. Although everyone was really open. And I brought it to the leaders then in May. And I said, hey, we're thinking about this. And it was like a tsunami kind of, 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 of relief pouring out over, over the response of the leaders as they said, oh, my word, you're kidding me. We have the option not to do one again this year? I said, yeah, I mean, we, we have the option to do whatever Jesus tells us to do. There's no option to disobey him. But other than that, we have every option in the world. So if he's calling us to do this, we have the option. And there's so many said, oh, Stuart, Kevin, Dan, Andrew, just gave him feedback to different leaders. Oh, wow. We'd like us to really consider not doing one this year. So it was confirmed from all these leaders that we should do something very unconventional, which is to consider holding when there are real financial needs and real opportunities, and about 90 new givers in the last seven months who have come to resurrection, who had never given resurrection before, 
folks that are eager and ready to give and looking forward to giving. And if you're any of those people, don't worry, I promise I will give you an opportunity. (laughs) But then maybe we should wait. And then that led to the question, well, okay, that was kind of going to be the focus of the next two to three years. What should we do? What would the Lord have us do? And I was brought back to that theme that I've actually preached on a few times throughout this year. On the men's retreat, I spoke on Sabbath. For the guys that were there, you may remember that. On Ash Wednesday, I preached on Sabbath and Lent as a Sabbath season. I'm going to preach on Sabbath again on Sunday. And we felt like the Lord was calling us into a kind of preparing for the Lord, preparing the way for the Lord, by having a kind of sustained engagement with the Lord, which is the definition of Sabbath. Because Sabbath never means stopping. Sabbath means engagement at the highest level, a kind of enjoyed engagement, a kind of fullness of time where you enter into all that the Lord has and you're quiet long enough and you say no to some things to say yes to Sabbath to the Lord so that you can find out even more about him, just learn more about Jesus, learn more about his word, learn more about his church, learn learn more about what it is that he's calling us to here in Wheaton and beyond. You, You quiet yourself so that you can actually fulfill the work of the Lord. Which really led us to this vision theme for this year, which is preparing the way for the Lord. A kind of sustained Sabbath season, not of stopping, not of napping, but of actually engaging in what the Lord would have for us as we ready ourselves for the next vision chapter. And I'll say more about that in just a moment. So I want to talk first of all about taking time for the Lord. And we do that, we do that by saying no to say yes to other things. The main thing is by postponing this generosity initiative until next August. Now, the generosity team will still be working throughout this year and we'll still be preparing for whatever God has for us. We're looking forward to, to coming into a new vision season, uh, August of next year and calling us to whatever vision the Holy Spirit gives us over these next several months and calling us to give of our time and give of our money toward that. But then we're going to hold on that. Now, if you've never been through a generosity with resurrection, that's very significant That affects every aspect of our ministry. When we go into a generosity initiative and we're called to give in that way and we're called to come around a vision in that way, we saturate everything we do with it. If you're a part of REACH, it influences our children's ministry, it influences our youth ministry, our formation ministries, our preaching ministry, how we're thinking about discipling people throughout the time, how we're teaching on scripture. It has a massive ecosystem influx. So to hold on that is actually to actually pull back in a way that is very significant for the effects it will have on our life together. There are a few other ways besides that major way in which we want to kind of say no to say yes. Uh, One thing that our staff team has been working really hard on is, is there a way to align our Wednesday ministries and our Thursday ministries? Our Thursday ministries have included our children's choir and um, girls choir and, and many other ministries as well, particularly around the arts. Wednesday has included our midweek res kids and res youth and everything else. And while they won't be completely aligned, for example, uh, a chancel choir will continue to, to rehearse on Thursday nights. Just about everything else, especially those things, including our children, will all be on Wednesday night. So all of a sudden for us as parents who have children that want to do both, we either aren't, don't have to do both or we don't have to choose between both. We can actually, again, have a level of simplicity a little bit less programming, a little bit more focused programming to give us all a sense of, okay, I have other time for other endeavors with the Lord, other ways for us to meet with the Lord. 
Our three main areas of ministry, mission and worship and discipleship slash formation, are continuing to look for ways to simplify programming throughout the year. Now, we're still going to run Res Kids. Why would you not disciple children on Sabbath? You especially disciple children on Sabbath. We're extremely excited about what God is doing in Res Youth. We're not going to stop doing Res Youth. Why would you ever stop discipling and evangelizing youth in a Sabbath time? If you understand a spiritual Sabbath, you're engaged even more. You're even more connected to what God is doing. We're not going to stop having Sunday morning services. And why would you ever do that, right? What I'm trying to say is we are going to look for ways to simplify and to provide even more focus, even more time with the Lord. Tonight was kind of the first step in that direction. I mean, already, wasn't it just so good, like I said, to just be with the Lord, not going anywhere in particular, except deeper and deeper into his presence. We will postpone any more conferences until the fall of 2015. So again, for those of you who have especially felt that reality, we just, we won't do anymore. We'll just say no to say yes to other things in the Lord. And then our first conference that we'll host will be the Midwest Anglican Gathering uh, here in October of 2015. Uh, Secondly, um, in our preaching focus for the year, if you've been through a generosity initiative, we preach a lot of vision sermons. Some of you love that. Some of you really don't like that. I'm pretty aware of both. I can actually tell from your faces better than you think I can. It's a creepy thing, but I've been here for 15 years and I'm highly intuitive. Um, and, I, I, and we understand that. And we really feel like, you know, another fall of vision sermons doesn't seem right. Now, we always try to preach those deeply biblically. We try to exposit the scriptures and get the scriptural direction of where we're going. But what we want to do this year is actually spend time in scripture and in lectionary liturgical season preaching. So, for example, Father Kevin and I will share a series this fall on First Peter, and we'll spend seven to eight weeks walking through and learning Peter and learning Peter's way of thinking and how to be a Christian in an unchristian world. It's rich. And we'll just dig into the word together in that. We do that in the summer often, but we're scattered. So it'd be good this fall in September and October to dig into that. Just make commitment now. Most of you already do. You don't want to miss that. Let, let one Sunday build on another. As part of your Bible reading plan, incorporate First Peter. We look forward to diving into our Advent lectionary and our Epiphany lectionary and the teachings around those rich seasons, Lent and, and Easter. Also, thirdly, as we seek to press into time with the Lord, we want to continue to gain ground in prayer. We took serious spiritual ground this year in prayer. I mean, even as I say that to you, I get chills up and down my spine, just remembering coming into this chapel at three in the morning sometimes or three in the afternoon other times or whenever it might be and seeing you all and hundreds of others there for your hour, two hours, three hours, some of you with the Lord, praying for the ministry of the Lord to be released in our midst. We took serious ground, and we have to continue to gain spiritual ground in prayer. As you can see in your bulletin there, we actually have, I think, some some different uh, res prayer events that are highlighted there. You'll see res prayer services with res fast in October, a Taizé service in November, an even song in the Anglican tradition, but it will be full of the ministry of the Lord, Ash Wednesday, and then another res fast. We're also talking and praying about how it is that we might engage in another 24-7 season. Probably not for 100 days, but for some season of time as well. That's just all about that time with the Lord. 
As a matter of fact, and I can't prove this to you, my guess is we had the ability to hear the Lord nudge us to hold on a generosity initiative and to step into a year of preparing to make straight the ways of the Lord because we'd prayed for 100 days. I think we might have missed that. I think I might have missed that. Had not prayer prepared us to think Christian, to think Holy Spirit. In those 100 days of prayer, two different church plants began to stir in the hearts of men and women here. And it happened in those 100 days of prayer, one for Aurora and one for Elgin. I'll be preaching on church planting in a a one Sunday that will be a a break from our First Peter series at the end of September. And I'm going to share much more about what God's doing in these two possible church plants and more detail about that. But suffice to say tonight, just to remind us, when we gained ground in prayer, we likely gained ground for the kingdom of God in cities around us through these church plants being stirred. We also want to then take time to prepare the way. Yes, we take time with the Lord and take time to literally prepare the way. The first thing that we want to take time to do this year is to really take time to develop whatever this next long-term vision is for resurrection. I highly doubt that we'll change our vision phrase, building a sanctuary transformation for the sake of the Lord, the lost, and the least. But what we will be seeking is a vision focus on that phrase, a, a vision language that captures that phrase. We could change that phrase. It's, it's possible the Lord wants us to. But what we're seeking to do together is to bring that phrase into even greater application for what God would have us do in the next two to three years. And I want us to take time on that. In some ways, because I feel like we need to share this vision in a way that we've never fully had a chance and time to process sharing a vision. Probably since we first inaugurated Billion Sanctuary Transformation in 2005, when we were a much smaller church. And the pattern has been, rightly so, that I've gone and been with the Lord and had a sense of the vision and then brought it to the staff, I brought it to the vestry, I brought it to the clergy, I brought it to our team leaders. But we haven't had the time to let that kind of iterate out and phase out and listen more carefully to each other. And I want time to be created to do that. I'll still be the vision communicator and vision carrier, but at the same time, there's a thing the Spirit's doing where we need to hear about the vision together even more. I feel like that's really important. I'll still lead it, but as I lead it, I want to lead it more through hearing from you all what the Spirit is saying to the churches and to the church. I think that's really, really important. That can happen quickly. While we were clear on some things that we already knew we would need funds for and mission money for, that still needed to sync up more clearly as well. Another reason why it was good to postpone. It was getting clear, about 70% clear or 60% clear, but it wasn't 100% crystal clear. What is God calling us to do? We need to be absolutely clear on that as a people. We need to go into it together. And then we're before the Lord, finding out how we give our time and how we give our money. You'll see that there are uh, team meetings that are also being uh, set aside. That's the, that's the back, very back of your uh, order of service. And those would be one of the places where we'll have a chance to kind of bring out these things. Here's what we're hearing. Get feedback opportunities and do some iteration process. If you've been at Res for a while, we did this on the building. We've done this on many, many processes. And we want to make sure we have time to do this this way as well. Staff, vestry, clergy, generosity team. We'll all still have a significant part and voice in this. But we want to try and spread that out. Even a more collaborative process. 
Secondly, as we take time to prepare the way, we want to take time to strengthen our teams. Okay, some of our teams are doing really well right now. And some of our teams are really struggling. We just have a mixture. Some of our teams are really feeling the huge change of still running, for example, Sunday service ministries like we ran them in the high school. Only we're not in the high school, we're here. But we've had a, we just need time to make that transition and make it really, really well. Some of our folks are experiencing some real burnout. And for us as a pastoral staff, when we hear that people are burning out in their ministry, that's a concern. Honestly, for some at Res, I'd like to see them closer to burnout. Some of our folks are slothful. They are. It's a spiritual problem. They don't, they don't serve. They don't engage. We can preach about it, talk about it, primarily pray for it, but some folks don't, don't engage. And we need people that aren't engaged in a Sabbath season, an Advent season, to engage. But some folks, they haven't Sabbath. They, they, they need some Sabbath engagement with the Lord. And we want to build into our teams in new ways and strengthen our teams. And we're, t- we're talking a lot as a staff team about our responsibility and our joy of building into teams and giving you all the spiritual sustenance as well as the logistical strategic sustenance that you need to do your work. So a few things we want to do there. First of all, uh, we want to make a very conscious language change. And we'd like to no longer use the word volunteer and talk more about, we've always used the word team as well, but we use them kind of on two tracks. And we'd like to simplify that and just talk about teams and team leaders. Here's why. For me, the word volunteer still sounds like I need you to do something and you need to do something for me. And so we have a transactional relationship. I call you because I'm on staff and I say, hey, can you do this for me? And you say, yeah, I'll do it for you. And we're transacting. You're volunteering for the church. As opposed to being a part of the kingdom work of the Holy Spirit, where you're doing it and I'm asking you to do it because we're in a 1 Corinthians 12, many members all connecting together in a kingdom of God endeavor. It's just a language change. It's a simple one. But the meaning behind it, I think, is very significant. So we want to create even a greater sense of deep connection between those of us on staff who are called to equip teams as part of Paul's teaching in Ephesians chapter 4, that we're called to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And we have a deep, deep heart to do that. Also, just very pragmatically, uh, we have a new database that is being uh, put together thanks to our vestry releasing the funds for that mid-year. It's called ResConnect. And ResConnect will do a lot to help you all feel more connected on your teams, to provide you with all kinds of resources for greater engagement with the Lord and with one another. So we're very excited about ResConnect, and your team leaders will be walking you through how you become a part of that. And it'll help folks to connect within Res, because I don't know if you noticed, but putting together those paper directories, it's not working anymore. But we can't find each other sometimes. We can't find a mobile phone. We can't find an email. So we're trying to create this ResConnect database, and we need you all to be... Uh, participants in that, but again, to build our teams and to strengthen our teams. Uh, more res team events this year, as you can see there on the back of your order of service. Um, we've also, uh, we're moving our Sunday service teams um, under worship. So before, um, they were sort of a separate entity, and we're now uh, integrating those with the whole worship ministry that Steve leads, and uh, we're just overjoyed to hire uh, Cristiano, who will be serving under Steve to really work with our Sunday service teams and building those teams up. You probably already Heard, her, heard from her and that. Again, just a way organizationally for us to try and manifest what is so important to us spiritually, which is how do we prepare the way for the Lord? Uh, finally, again, just organizationally, 
Um, but it's an important piece in the puzzle. We've gotten really clear that we have really three main ministry areas at resurrection. We have worship, we have mission, and we have formation of adults, of children, and of youth, all into that formation area. And what we're seeking to do is actually bring greater and greater integration among worship and mission and formation. Now, it's great for me to say, preaching from the Bible, we need greater integration of worship, formation, and mission. We'd all go, yeah, absolutely, that's biblical. And we go, great, 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 great. But if we don't find an organizational way to make that a reality, then we'll just talk about it and walk away. So what we're trying to do is, 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 is have real clear leaders over each of those areas who are working together to integrate that. So, for example, especially as, as we work with formation and we work with mission, how are those two teams more and more aligned? So we're doing mission through our discipleship ministries. We're connecting those more and more deeply. We've not had a strongly siloed leadership culture. We've been very fortunate, but we'd like to make sure that that doesn't go that direction and we actually bring more and more integration so that worship team members and mission team members and formation team members are all sitting in the same room together more often than not thinking about how these things all come together. I think we'll see significant fruit, fruit that many of us would go, I don't know why that happened, but I like that better, whatever that was. I like how we ran that mission better. I like how, how my pastorate went better. I, I like what's happening in, in Res Kids or Res Youth better. I feel like there's an integration. Hopefully you will begin to see the fruits of that being born as we prepare the way for the Lord in this next year. So let's, uh, let's, let's start. Let's just uh, quiet our hearts. I, th- I think we're going to we have another song of worship. But before we do that, um, let's, let's just quiet our hearts before the Lord. I want to pray for us. And then we're going to have some time to just respond to the ministry of the Lord. We're going to have time to maybe write a little bit. We're going to pray for each other. Um, but before we do any of that, I just want to give us time to be quiet before the Lord. And I want to, I want to pray for us now. So even now, Lord, as we just quiet our hearts, as we come before you, anticipating whatever you have for us this year, as we prepare the way for the Lord, as we as we seek to have time with you, Jesus, in even more intentional ways. Lord, we just ask that you would actually anoint this reality of preparation. We pray that you would anoint, Lord, with your Holy Spirit, this posture of waiting on you, of seeking to know more of you, of to go deeper in you. Lord, have have that Sabbath time where we engage even more fully. Lord, I pray for any in our midst who are tired because they just gave so much. They didn't have enough support. And Lord, bitterness can come in and a sense of being taken advantage of. And Lord, so many things can happen in our hearts and then the enemy can confuse us even more. And I pray for any of our brothers and sisters that have just endeavored to do so much with such a good heart and have felt that fatigue. I ask even now in the name of the Lord, you would meet them there. And I pray that you would just lift fatigue from them. I pray, O Lord, that you would give them a vision about how to do ministry in this next year that would be, Lord, even more closely connected to you. Lord, I pray for any brothers and sisters here who they've they've struggled with a sense of distance. They've struggled with a sense of sloth. They, They haven't stepped in. And even now they're being stirred. I want to be a part of this. I need to overcome whatever barrier may be there. I just pray, Lord, that you would just give them not a sense of condemnation, but a beautiful sense of invitation. I just pray for any of you who have felt like you've not stepped in, that you would not have a sense of condemnation, but I pray now you would have a spiritual bidding of the Lord of invitation. 
come and be a part of the endeavor of the kingdom here at Resurrection. Come, Holy Spirit. And now I just ask that we would each receive the spiritual ability in this next year to remain in the Lord. And I I want us just to practice this right now. Just be quiet. Maybe you're saying the name of Jesus, that name above all names. Maybe you're saying, yes, Lord. Maybe you're saying, strengthen me, Lord. Maybe you're saying, forgive me, Lord. Maybe you're saying, awaken me, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, and just bring a spirit of remaining. Come, Holy Spirit, and bring a spirit of abiding. Come, Holy Spirit. Some of you just need to respond physically in some way, so don't let any uh, sense of unnecessary social convention keep you from responding now. You may need to kneel or stand or lift up your hands or may just need to remain seated, but if you need to respond physically in some way, well, just to receive now the, the, the gifting of abiding. Just receive now the, the ministry of abiding. Receive now the freedom, the freedom to have a Sabbath unto the Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Oh, come, power of the living God, come. Lord, I just pray that you would awaken us where we're slumbering. Lord, we've just been drawn into a, just a spiritual fog and slumber, Lord. Would you just now blow all that way by the ministry and the wind of the Holy Spirit and sharpen our thinking? Sober us, Lord, now, rightly before you. Thank you, Lord. It's like some of you have nerve endings and they've been dulled. And I just pray, Lord, just for a, a healing of spiritual nerve endings. Uh, some of you, there may be even a physical tingling sensation. But I just pray that you'll just bring a, a, physical, a physical and spiritual healing where any kind of spiritual nerve endings have been dulled. I just pray for any who this summer, they committed a moral sin. And they just haven't been the same since. They, they engage their bodies immorally. They engage their, their imaginations immorally. Just repent of that sin and come into the brightness of the light of Christ. Just start this ministry at your outright right now. Just repent of your sin. Turn from your sin. Some of you rationalized after it happened. You weren't really drunk. That concert really wasn't that worldly. But you know it was. And now you're coming under conviction. But it's not for condemnation. It's for invitation. So come Holy Spirit now.